Welcome to the Filmmaker Mixer Podcast, the podcast by filmmakers for filmmakers. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, Jeff, as always. Jeff and I are writers and directors and passionate about the art of storytelling. Filmmaker Mixer is a creative hub where aspiring and established filmmakers come together to share experiences, insights, strategies, and inspiration. Today, our guest is documentary filmmaker Ravit Marcus. Hello, everybody. This is the Filmmaker Mixer podcast. Today on the show, we have Ravit Marcus, writer, producer, director, and Ravit has a new documentary coming out. The title is Nina is an Athlete, uh, which at the time of this recording will be having its world premiere at the Slamdance Film Festival, which is very exciting. Ravit, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really excited to talk to you about your documentary because uh, the subject matter is actually close to my family. My cousin Ryan Estep actually competed in the Paralympics in fencing back in 2012. So it's a subject I've always been fascinated by and, and interested in. So I'm excited to talk about that. Before we get into the documentary, however, um, why don't you tell the listeners about your background? How did you become a filmmaker? How did you get started in this this crazy business? Oh, crazy <laughs> indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I was raised by two parents who love cinema and just each one of them kind of showed me their favorites. My mom was more into European classics and screwball comedies from the 30s. Oh, and my interesting. Dad loved, yeah, and my dad loved uh, kind of uh, Westerns. So I grew up watching both. And, and you, need in general, to make a, you need to make a screwball Western. Yes, <laughs> I would love, let's pitch it right now. If any producers are listening, I'm in. Uh, but actually there are some, you know, in the film that we're going to talk about today, there's a lot of kind of romance and humor. So I think you can get a little bit of that. Uh, like a family, it's kind of a badminton family. And so I think I'm hinting towards this love of mine, uh, but mixing it with the Western would be terrific. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think that was kind of a big part of it, of growing up loving film and wanting to do it and always having this little dream of coming to Hollywood one day. And then I actually uh, here met um, my uh, spouse, Dan Katsir, and he was uh, just graduating from AFI. And I'm thinking about it because we were just in an AFI pre-Sundance Slamdance uh, breakfast this morning. And he kind of reminded me how we kind of, met and fell in love because of it because I was accepted to AFI and I called him and said oh what do you say should I go and he said oh can you just help me finish this documentary that I'm working on and later we'll I'll we'll talk about AFI and I kind of that's how I got sucked into documentaries I uh started working with him on our my first documentary feature Yiddish theater a love story which is a very New York story, actually. We got great reviews in the New York Times and the LA Times. And after that, it was kind of hard to go back to school. I was already in, it played in theaters and was this amazing adventure. And I thought I might as well just keep going. And then we actually made another documentary that played it, as you said, it in Slamdance last year uh, called American Pot Story, Oaksterdam. And that actually won the audience award uh, in slam dance and was an incredible start for an amazing journey over the last year. And but that film actually took a decade to make. We worked oh, on wow. it forever. Yeah. So during it, I was uh, just thinking about some other things and somehow uh, 
got into the documentary we are here to discuss, but that's kind of a, a short of, uh, but I've been into making films for many, many years. I just heard of an, uh, a, a film major in an arts high school in my area. And the moment I heard about it, kind of, like I said, together with all my parents upbringing, it just suddenly became clear that this is my life. So at what point did you know it was going to be a career? I mean, did you go through that stage where you were, you know, a youngster enjoying cinema and, and fascinated by film and you were always interested? At what point did that change from, I have to do this for a living? Or was there a deciding moment? In a way, like I said, it was around the time when I was 15. The oh, moment, wow. because, yeah, growing up, seeing movies, I just loved them. And the moment I heard there's, you can major in it in high school, it just really, it was like my life came into focus. Like before that, everything was a blur, what I want to do when I grow up. And suddenly it all just came into focus. I just knew that this is it, that it's the only thing I was meant to do that I can do. And just, it never changed. <laughs> Even though there were so many hardships and so many moments with the same parents who raised me on all the love of film were like, you should have been a lawyer. It's so much easier. <laughs> you can join your, your uncle's practice and, and everything. He has a, an office just ready for you. And I just said, but I can't. I just, but it's, it's uh, not an easy road to walk. Well, transitioning to your current project, Nina is an athlete. It seems to be a unique and compelling project. I'm curious what drew you to this particular story and what message or theme you're hoping to convey through the film. So, uh, like I said, I was working on my other documentary for many years. And the hardest part was really the editing of really how do you balance the big picture of a major historical shift with the personal stories of the main uh, participants in the film. And finding that balance is the hardest thing. So I was just looking at other documentaries to try and look for inspiration. And I saw some sports documentary about, uh, uh, I think, boxing, which I have nothing to do with, but was so well edited and so fun that I thought, oh, it would be so cool to make this sports documentary where I could just show more of the fun editing chops I have. And, but then I thought, but how do I make a sports documentary? You need to know some successful athlete to have access for them to let you make a film about them. And literally the same day, I get a text message from my, it's gonna sound weird, but the mother of my sister-in-law and she wrote to me, look at our Nina. I'm so proud of her. She just won another medal. And then I realized that the sister-in-law of my sister-in-law is a famous world-class athlete. Oh, wow. Nina yeah, Nina Gordeski, a wheelchair badminton player, Israel champion. And I thought, this is my documentary. And of course, I at first I said to my sister-in-law, who's a wonderful documentary filmmaker in her own right, uh, Levi Kessel, I said to her, do you mind going and filming a little bit for me and just seeing if you know, I have a hunch this could work, but until you actually see the people on camera, you can't tell. And she said, okay, I'll go and just uh, film a little bit for you because she ended up one of the two main videographers of the project. And she said, uh, let me see. And she came back and said, wow, both my sister-in-law and my brother, who's uh, Nina's uh, husband, they're just wonderful on camera and you won't believe it. She's actually vying for the Paralympics. And I said, what? She said, yeah, 
It's the first time that badminton is going to be an official event in the Tokyo Paralympics. And that was back in 2018. So the Paralympics were supposed to be in 2020. And the moment he said that, I said, wow, then we have a story. And, <laughs> and then things got complicated. Uh, <laughs> Lisi for a while was my co-director, but then got busy with another film, wonderful film that was ended up being her debut. A feature documentary, a wonderful film uh, by the name of uh, uh, The Other City. And at the same time, Nina was having these other second thoughts that it might be actually more important for her to use her last years of her 30s to, uh, to have a baby. And, and then the, you know, the COVID hit and the Paralympics were postponed indefinitely, but it all turned out to be material for a great documentary of a woman facing her, you know, her body maturation, this, you know, biological clock, all at the same time, both as an athlete, you know, approaching 40 and as a woman, and contemplating this uh, body maturation and changes is something that deeply resonated with me. And I ended up staying with her for the long haul. Uh, and we, she ended up making it to the Tokyo Paralympics a little bit a year later than it was supposed to be but it was unbelievable journey for her and for me to see her do that and end up there with her that's wild that's really what what a what a roller coaster you know you know i want to i want to rewind for a second as you mentioned earlier you won the audience award at slam dance in 2023 for your documentary uh, american pop story oaksterdam i'm curious did the success of that film winning that that audience award did that help any did that help in any way you know getting financing or or getting people involved or or people wanting to help you make the next documentary was that was that impactful absolutely i can't thank slam dance and slam dance unstoppable the program that we were part of last year and that i'm privileged to be a part of again this year it's an amazing program highlighting uh, films uh, by or about uh, people with disabilities. And that program and winning their audience award really changed my life. And I can't even put it, it's so beyond scope with an award like that. And even just being in that festival, such a prestigious festival, like 12,000 submissions a year, just to be in that festival that only has about a hundred films. To be one of those hundred films is an award in and of itself. And that festival's commitment to accessibility, to showing stories by real indie filmmakers and by any group that's kind of othered, uh, very much uh, female directors, their commitment is amazing. And I'm a direct and lucky beneficiary of that because I have no doubt that in the last year, talking to people about Nina is an athlete, while I have this badge of honor that I won the other award, definitely changes how people talk to you, definitely changes how people perceive you, and openness to funding and um, and talk about distribution, it's, it's a whole different uh, ball game. So no doubt about it. But even just being a part of the festival is incredible and I think would have been still very, very helpful. Yeah, we've had uh, Dan Mervish on the show, you know, original Slam Dance founder, and yeah, they, they he's do. Wonderful. Yeah, he's a cool guy. They they really do have a commitment to to the real indie spirit, which I think is is really awesome. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because low budget films, which mine definitely are, 
whatever. It's just so hard to stand against films that are made for big budgets with some studio behind them. It just, you'll never have that look. All you have is to say, I have a real interesting story and a real interesting character and my interesting point of view, but you don't have the, the high end, the cameras and lighting. <laughs> and, and there are many ways people when, you know, working on this last document, people said, oh, this is as esoteric as it comes. Uh, <laughs> a woman, disabled athlete in badminton. It's really choosing, you know, the, the marginalized of the marginalized. And I'm blessed that a place like Slamdance appreciates that. And if anything, wants you to spotlight uh, these groups. You know, I'm curious, you bring up budgets and other pre-production uh, challenges. I'm curious, uh, with this current project, how you overcame other pre-production challenges, like you're saying, how you maybe, uh, with a smaller budget, made your film look bigger budget, and maybe what advice you would give to other people looking to set out and making low-budget films? Again, I would say that most people who, you know, I did some test screenings for the film, uh, especially with a wonderful group called Forward Doc. Uh, it's filmmakers with disabilities that has both filmmakers with disabilities and allies like me. And um, uh, it was co-founded by Jim Lebrecht, the co-director of Oscar-winning uh, documentary uh, Crip Camp. And he invited me to the group because he was one of the earliest champions of Nina is an athlete. I showed him some footage very early on and he really gave me the courage that this is important and worthy and that I should keep going. In that uh, test screening people, the main word that came across, the two main words were authenticity and honesty. So I think that that's, was my asset. And I think for anyone with low budget is really not trying to it doesn't work to fake it till you make it in film because production value is just so clear that some people just, yeah. I mean, I met a wonderful shorts director who made an amazing film that looked like a million dollars that he really didn't have, but he was, um, his profession in you know day-to-day -day life is special effects. So he knew how to do a lot of things that uh, the, the rest of us can't. So I would say just really stick to your guns and think what's special, what can I bring that is really just unique to the story I'm telling, to my point of view, and that will, will shine through. That would be my, my main advice. And that really helped me again with going back to, to funding because I was also the lucky recipient of the Lorraine Arbus uh, Disability Awareness Completion Grant from NYWIF, New York Women in Film and TV. Uh, luckily, one of their members, uh, uh, Janine McGoldrick, is my co-producer and she applied to this grant. And when we received it, I think again, the big part was the authenticity, just showing a real woman and a real story and a real struggles, the day-to-day -day struggles with just how navigating this world in her case a very and very much in my world of cinema you know uh, quite a, a male dominant uh, circles and how do you stay true to your desires to your uh, hierarchy to your priorities that sometimes are a little bit different than the dominant uh, male ones of what's the most important thing and actually you asked me about what drew me to the theme of the film and a big part of it was that uh and again, I love certain sports and I like just the idea of a sport and a woman athlete. But in recent years, we saw some really famous uh, athletes, uh, 
get criticized ridiculously for choosing to put their mental health, like Simone Biles, uh, choosing to put her mental health over her uh, athletic aspiration, saying, I need to take time off, even if it mean, means a few medals less for me and a few less medals for America. Uh, the same with Naomi Osaka, who was ridiculed for saying, I need some time off, I just can't handle the pressure. And uh, so I think seeing Nina and making healthy choices of saying, I'm not going to give up on my priorities uh, just because it might cost me a medal, it might cost me the Paralympics, uh, was interesting to me and, and give, gave me courage that it's possible. And obviously, it was lucky. She still got, she went with her guts. And I don't want to tell too much of the end. I don't want this to be a spoiler, but <laughs> it's inspiring and incredible to see that women can make their choices and still succeed in a still slightly more uh, or maybe a lot more uh, male world. Well, you know, another question I have is, is documentaries often take on a life of their own. A lot of times you figure out the story uh, in the process of making the documentary. So I'm curious what the creative process was for you to bring uh, to bring Nina's story to life, how did you collaborate with the talent and the crew, and and did you figure out the story more in the edit, or did you have an idea what the story would be when you were shooting? How did you how did you figure that out? Because documentaries can be tricky that way. Definitely, and a documentary is definitely made in the editing room, um, and like I said, it, it evolved over the. We followed her from the end of twenty eighteen until the end of 2021 and finished editing only in 2023. So really last minute heading into basically using the, the slam dance deadline as a prompt to, to not to push for it and, and make it for to be, be ready to be released this year. And um, look, in the editing process, you definitely make a lot of choices of what is the emphasis of the story. However, in this film, unlike, like I said, the previous film that I made, we filmed for 10 years and we kept editing and all the time it kept changing and the editing process was grueling and really difficult. In this case, luckily, the story really evolved in such a filmic, film story way that it was actually one of the easiest projects I ever worked with because like I said it turned out from the beginning that we have this big challenge will she won't she make it to the Paralympics there's uh, a heroine and she wants something and then it's just a question can she get it and then the hurdles on the way of oh but she also wants a baby can she still do the baby and get the Paralympics, and then a bigger hurdle. The world stopped. The Paralympics might be postponed. Who knows if this world event is even going to happen because there's this world pandemic. And so all these hurdles, which were unfortunate for everyone, and I'm not happy it happened, of course, but it did make for an interesting, challenging story of just the hero's journey, going through the phases and there was, we even got that dark night of the soul when she thinks she's, she wasn't accepted and you have to see the film to find out if she did. But that, that was kind of, so I was lucky that I had a wonderful editor, Nir Gilat, who was just so sensitive to Nina and her, and her 
traits and her both her circle her both her deputy coach who's also her husband and uh her main coach uh leon and he really was very sensitive to the balance of powers between all three of them this kind of triangle around nina and and he knew to think with me how to balance the the bigger story and highlighting obviously the themes that have to do with disability because roaming this world as a disabled person is not easy and very much like her being a woman surrounded by men she's also mostly a disabled person surrounded by uh, non-disabled people and they understand her life and support her but they can't understand exactly her viewpoint and actually some of the most poignant scenes in the film are the ones where they just confront her about their prejudices which is great because then she has a, a wonderful opportunity to just take things head on and reply and give us her point of view and uh that was very important to me and Nir was really good with thinking with me about this balance of the themes that are important for us to come through motherhood a big one and in life as a woman and dealing with age as a woman and the disability angle and just balancing it all with a sports documentary that just shows an athlete trying to get to that top of Mount Olympus. So I'm curious, you know, this question could apply to either this particular project or just your career as a whole. Are there any documentaries or filmmakers that have particularly inspired or influenced your work and what makes them stand out to you? I did mention Crip Camp, which I love. It's the most important film about disability uh, justice in America and definitely kind of a point of reference. But uh, the two others I would mention are Murder Ball, that was about uh, uh, a rugby um, team. And I it was very cool as well. But I would say very much I'm influenced by the films that my spouse made. Uh, I mean, the first one that he made uh, before we met, Out for Love, Be Back Shortly, which had, again, this beautiful balance of his personal life and the bigger picture of history and how history affects the wings of history uh, touching uh, private people's lives and how they uh, it affects them. And last, I would mention Chantal Ackerman. She made a wonderful film, I think in early 80. I didn't see it when it came out, but years later when I saw it, uh, about, uh, it says, uh, so said Pina about the choreographer Pina Bausch. And it's a documentary that really is so much about Pina and just how Pina sees choreography and the dancers and the world. And there's something very naturalistic about it that I like. I try to follow in her footsteps in that regard of letting the, the main subject of the film, the character define the, the spirit of the film and the tone of the film. You know, you mentioned uh, Crip Camp. We actually had Nicole Noonan on the show a few episodes back. And uh, yeah, she had a lot of great insight when it comes to documentary work. You know, speaking of insight, I, I wonder as the landscape changes, it seems like, you know, there's a bigger demand for content and we have a much more, um, a greater appetite, I guess, for really good, uh, diverse documentaries. I'm curious what advice you would give young filmmakers coming up. You touched on a few things earlier about, you know, a, a good story, a good message, um, a unique perspective. 
what else do you think would be the the key points if you had a young filmmaker saying, hey, I want to make a documentary? What would you what would you tell them? Right now, I am regretful that I didn't start collecting uh, followers on Instagram early <laughs> enough. So I think right now, that would be definitely a key point that whatever is the biggest platform right now, join it right away and be purposeful about making sure you have an audience of fans. Uh, oh, that's interesting. You, uh, because... I, I make films for an audience. I care a lot about the audience. I want people to come and see my films. I want them to hear the stories that I have to tell and I want to interact with them. I try to attend as many uh, screenings as possible with every film I make because when the audience appreciate, when they laugh at the right place, when they cry at the right place, the joy, it's like fills a hole in your body that you need it filled all the time. And it makes all the years of torture, working on a documentary, <laughs> getting so much, so much negative responses for every yes, for every award, there's so many uh, no's that you get for funding, for festival applications, for collaborations. And so that when you have that audience response, it it makes everything worthwhile. So I would say to make sure you grow your audience. So when you have a film, they're already ready to to want to consume it and want to support you also on the way. Well, again, Ravit, we thank you for being on the show. The film is called Nina is an Athlete and it's premiering. It's the worldwide premiere, right? At Slamdance. So the film will have its world premiere on both Friday, January 19th at 10.30 a.m., at the Lumix Theater at the Yarrow Hotel in Park City. And then again on Monday, uh, January 22nd at 3 p.m. at the uh, Student Union Theater at University of Utah in Salt Lake City. And the nice thing, it will be, it's free, the screening at the university. Uh, both uh, screenings are at ADA compliant theaters. So totally wheelchair accessible, have uh, captions, uh, open captions, and uh, the screening on on Monday at the university. Not only is it free, it will be followed by uh, a DJ reception that all the audience will be welcome to join. And I'm throwing an after party, so it really will be fun. And I hope a lot of people come to watch it. Oh, that's awesome! And when you say it's free, does that mean like people who aren't attending Slam Dance as actual festival goers can can other people go? Yes, to the screening at the university. Yes, everybody, everybody and anybody is welcome to join the, the university screenings. And obviously, they're welcome to follow me on Instagram at Ravit Marcus and see the details and link for all the information or look on my website at newlovefilms.com. All the information is there. But yes, the screening, the reception, the after party, it's all free at the university of Utah uh, on Monday, the 22nd. Well, Ravit, we've enjoyed having you on the show. I'm sure you're going to have a big hit with the film at Slam Dance. It's exciting. And you're going to be there for the Q&A, as you said. So I encourage everybody to go check it out. Again, give us the Instagram uh, page one more time. So it's Ravit Marcus, R-A-V as in Victor, I-T as in Tom, M-A-R-K-U-S. And that's my Instagram and Facebook. So everybody's welcome to follow me there or on LinkedIn. I'm trying now to do better with 
<laughs> yeah, it's a it's a tough balancing act between promoting your work and still working your work because you want to have a, a product to give to all the kind followers. Absolutely. We'll definitely circle back after the screening and as the film progresses and gets out to bigger audiences, we'll have you on the show again and, and chat some more. That would be wonderful. Thank you very much. All right. You take care. Thank you for listening to the Filmmaker Mixer podcast, a podcast created and hosted by filmmakers Jeff Stolen and Andrew Lamping and produced by Melody Lopez. Our theme song was composed by Stephen D. Bennett. Make sure to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on and stay tuned for future episodes.